Oh, that's a writer's thing. I was like, list of topics? What's that? <laughs> Not our thing. Okay. Ooh, it's dedication and leadership. Oh, nice. Okay, we have roles on a film set. I think we did that. Ten forms you need on a film set? That'd be boring. <laughs> Daily life of an MUA podcast editor. We've done Yakima, where's that? Why you should watch indie films. Uh, dream so big that it includes others. That's something you said. I don't feel like that's a whole podcast worth, though. Mm-hmm. Physics and film, why you should become a physicist. We were going to have Dad on for that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, location scouting, the adventures of filmmakers, fashion and film, makeup versus special effects, prop making, film finances, trending entertainment. We kind of did that one. Uh, storyboarding and schedule example. Those are all blog posts, though. So not mm-hmm. all of them really apply to podcasts. Um, those were all my ideas, though. Hmm. What do other filmmakers talk about on their podcasts? Currently, the Dooms are doing a series on, called Doomed Productions that's about productions that went, everything went really badly on set. Oh, that's cool. There are three in. They've done the, a movie called Roar, I think, which had a, like a bunch of lions. Whoa. That this family just bought. And they built this whole property and, like, everything flooded. Like, the lions, uh, like, people were injured by the, the cats. Oh, my the mo- They were, like, ma- they went massively in debt for the movie. And, um, like, it took, like, 15 years to make or something like that. And, like... <laughs> what? Pretty crazy. Yeah. And they also did the story... The, next, the second one they did was Gladiator. Not that... No, no, it was Ben Hur, and then it was Gladiator. Oh, yeah. It was the third one. Yeah. Not that either of those were, like, as, I guess, horrific as some of the things that happened on Roar, but um, just, like, crazy things that happened, and, like, mm. people were rioting during the filming of Ben Hur because something about they had enough extras, and, like, the extras rioted for some reason because <laughs> they had, like, actual thousands of people. For the chariot crowd oh, scene. Wow. Yeah. Why did they riot though? I'm trying to remember something like, oh, we were actually not able to pay you as much because there's so many of you. Or it was something to do oh. with like pay or. That's what not cool. <gasps> PG Woodhouse. Oh my gosh. This PG Woodhouse book contains Uncle Fred flits by. There is a video of Jared recording this on the occasion of his 40th birthday, unlisted I've on the Grand YouTube. Mm-hmm. You you watched it? No, someone else showed it to me. It might have been you, actually. Okay. One of our YouTube comments says we should discuss saving Leonardo in a future podcast. We I, should. I don't know what that is. That is my favorite book on art ever written. Aw. Yeah. But it's been so long that I can't really coherently describe it. But it is... It's a Christian book, and it goes through the history of art and different movements of art... And kind of where we are now at this point, which is there's the analytical and the romantic mindset, both of which came about in kind of the 1800s or early 1900s for the analytical. And they both take opposing viewpoints. Both of these ideas are like in pop culture. So like the romantics are like, oh, like this, this world, like everything, like it's the ideas and the emotions, like that's the interesting part about life. That's Mm -hmm. what we need to focus on. And like we're, we're trapped in these crude bodies and like all this stuff and like and then the analyticals are they're like oh yeah they own like they're materialists they're like oh yeah like emotions and stuff like that's all fake like no there's no spirits there's no we're just here on earth the, like the book is about how art affects philosophy is and how mm-hmm. no how art and philosophy are kind of like chasing each other around mm-hmm. and the and the christian perspective on on that mm-hmm. and it's my favorite book on art that's really cool yeah so do you think you're a romantic or an analyst? 
analytical I, f- I feel like that's not even the right word mm. i am neither because neither of them present the holistic view of the way god created the world mm. so, yeah in some ways i identify more with the romantics but also they are their viewpoint is flawed so yeah oh well <laughs> mm-hmm. let's look yeah. up more comments on episode oh, we're just reading two. our comments for yeah, this podcast not? okay at least for now till we come up with something to talk and I can about flip through pg woodhouse and and read little bits mm. oh it's uncle fred flits by so our our second episode podcast on youtube has a bunch of comments about apples oh yeah i don't even remember talking about apples <laughs> that's funny but there there's someone says uh most people might question my authority on this based on being more pear than apple but i completely agree on red delicious i honestly never understood their appeal me neither uh i do have nostalgia for those grapples that were trendy in the mid 2000s oh yeah i don't know what those are that's okay (laughs) i've heard the name but i like i don't know like nothing's coming to mind Mm. here's a quote from uncle fred uncle fred flits by by pg woodhouse what it boils down to is this is it better to have a loopy uncle whose loopiness is perpetually on tap but spread out thin so to speak or one who lies low in distant hands for 360 days in the year and does himself proud in London for the other five. Dashed moot, of course, and Pongo has never been able to make up his mind on the point. Mm. Naturally, the ideal thing would be if someone would chain the old hound up permanently and keep him from January 1st through December 31, where he wouldn't do any harm, viz. among the spuds and tenantry. But this, Pongo admits, is a utopian dream. Nobody could work harder to that end than his Aunt Jane, and she has never been able to manage it interesting the whole book or the whole short story is somebody is overhearing this guy pongo or no so this guy pongo walks in and was like oh did you hear what happened to him and like then the narrator is like recounting this story being told by somebody else to somebody else about pongo's crazy uncle coming into town and like he it leads him into like breaking into somebody's house and impersonating the owner and like all kinds of crazy shenanigans it's what? hilarious and having it read aloud by jared was the best thing <laughs> <laughs> now i want to make this a movie oh we totally should oh my gosh like what's the date on this is it i, I want to know if it's public domain 1939 shoot mm. so close well that's uncle fred in the springtime not yeah. things i don't know yeah it's it's from the 50s the 30s to the 50s mm. so i don't think that's quite yeah quite enough <laughs> this is hilarious this is a fo- the forward from the book over 70 by pg woodhouse forward there is a rare treat in store for the reader of this book except in the forward which will soon be over it is entirely free from footnotes I am not, I think, an irascible man, but after reading a number of recent biographies and histories, I have begun to feel pretty sore about these footnotes, and not in the mood to be put upon much longer. It is high time, in my opinion, that this nuisance was abated, and biographers and essayists restrained from strewing these unsightly blemishes through their pages as if they were ploughing the fields and scattering the good seed o'er the land. I see no need for the bolly things. I have just finished reading Carl Sandburg's Abraham Lincoln, The War Years, and Carl manages to fill four fat volumes without once resorting to this exasperating practice. If he can do it, why can't everyone? <laughs> and this is funny because here it, it has, like, in straight for the reader, one. Or readers, let's be optimistic. <laughs> That's like half a page of footnotes. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole joke. Oh my gosh, this is delightful. Wow. Uh, see, P.G. Woodhouse is just the best. Mm-hmm. Most people only know about him from the Wooster and Jeeves show which is apparently famous and i've never seen neither have i but and i've never actually read any of these book of those stories but mm. i've read other stories by him which are really fun this nice. the british humor is just off the charts <laughs> <laughs> what other books have we here did you find more fun comments no mm. i mean there's a lot of comments do better they weren't fun I mean, they're okay. I could read them. <laughs> Virgil, the Aeneid. I the always, Aeneid. It's so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. I always want to say Aeneid, but I know that's not Just it. ignore the first vowel and the fourth vowel. 
the first vowel of every vowel pairing, ignore it. Enid. At least that's what I'm guessing. I don't actually know. I doubt it would have a pronunciation guide in here. <laughs> Debaters and a warrior girl. Ooh. A knight sortie, a day assault. Arcadian allies. I'm reading this backwards. Juno served by a fury. Games and a conflagration. Ooh. The passion of the queen. I actually don't know. Wait, no. No. Yeah, I don't know the plot of the Aenid. Let me Aenid. look it up. How they took the city, a fateful haven. Wait a second. It's a poem. Well, yes. So, it's not... The Iliad and the Odyssey, I know the plots of those. And those are by Homer. It's a legendary story of Aena... Aenas? Something. A Trojan who fled the fall of Troy and traveled to Italy, where he became the ancestor of the Romans. Wow. Oh, I it, think I actually do know this story. It's nearly 10,000 lines of dactylic hexameter. I said that right. There's a lot of good lines in here. The descent into hell is easy. Let me rage before I die. <laughs> the gates of hell are open night and day. Smooth the descent and easy is the way. Mm, that sounds like the Bible. <laughs> do the gods light this fire in our hearts? Or does each man's mad desire become his god? Read that again. Do the gods light this fire in our hearts, or does each man's mad desire become his god? Mm. Wow. Interesting. The The last one it says on here, through pain I've learned to comfort suffering men. Mm. It's true. Hey, it's only $2 on Kindle. Nice. The death of princes. Ooh. The fortunes of war. Postscript. Brief glossary. Daedalus, master craftsman, father of Icarus. He built a labyrinth for Minos of Crete. After helping Ariadne and Theseus to solve the maze, he escaped to Cumae. Well, I've heard of Theseus. Yeah. Theseus and the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently it's actually not pronounced Theseus, but I think that sounds cool and better than like Theseus or whatever they say it's supposed to be. Like, how do they actually know? That's what I want to know. Mm. Is Greek still spoken the same way today? I don't know. Probably, Probably not. not. English isn't. Yeah. Most aren't. Drepanum, a city in northwestern Sicily. Legolas! <laughs> Wait, what? It's not spelled like like Legolas, but like Legolas, a people of Asia Minor. Or Orlando Bloom in a sexy blonde wig. <laughs> He looked all right. (laughs) Manlius, Marcus Manlius Torquatus, saved the citadel of Rome from the Gauls. Imagine being named Manlius. (laughs) Phygius, one, a servant of Aeneas. Two, a Trojan slain by Turnus. These are definitely Roman inspired with all the U.S. at the end. Well, it just said this was the ancestor of the Romans. Yeah. Tmarus. One, see, Tamarian. Two, a Rutilian. Rutulian. We should steal some of these names for 29 Trouble. Hmm. How about this one? Thersilacus. <laughs> Thersilacus, probably. <laughs> I'm glad you're as amused by this as I am. I don't know if anybody else is. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll find out when people stop watching. Asesta, a city of Western Sicily. It's typically within the first four minutes. Mm. Achilles. Oh, we know who Achilles is. Afri, a people of Africa. <laughs> Who would have thought? I would have called them Africans, but you know. Bathrotum. <laughs> <laughs> a town of Chionia. <sighs> Delopians, a people of Thessaly, allies of the Greeks in the Trojan War. Those Delopians. Mm. Is this just the whole index? This is the glossary. It's a brief glossary, actually. Galatea. A Nerid. I don't know what that is. Notes. Brother, after the death of his twin brother, Castor, Pollux took it in turns with him to dwell in the Castor and Pollux? Yeah. What? What? Have you not read The Hunger Games? No. Oh my gosh. In The Mockingjay, there's these twins, brothers, called Castor and Pollux. Spoiler alert. One of them dies. 
Oh, or maybe I remember you died. telling me. I remember that from the movie. But yeah, they're they're named after these ancient <sighs> myths. Is there Castor a- and Pollux were twins, and then one of them died. Uh-huh. And according to this, the one so Castor died, and then Pollux took it in turns with him to dwell in the underworld, to keep him company. I guess. What about uh, Cressida? Is that a Roman something um, character? Might be. Let's look. <laughs> Let's see if it's in the. Um, Crete, Cretheus, Crusa, Crinius, Crisinius, I don't think so. Well, I mean, you could look it up, but... Eh, I don't care that much. Okay. It just struck me as interesting. Certes, the sandbank against which the Trojans were driven by the storm in Book 1. Let's go back to what you were talking about, uh, best practices, aka stealing all of the other filmmaker podcaster ideas. We're not stealing other ideas. <laughs> what, what's some of the other stuff that they've done that we can do since we have no idea what See, we're doing? See, when you put me on the spot, I forget. Yeah, fair. Um, lots of them, well, some of them will interview people. they like, interview people a, a lot. We do that sometimes. We do. We're going to do that more than we have done. Yeah. But often they talk, like, specifically about their projects. Hmm. Which, I mean, that's fine. Like, promoting projects is a great idea. But I like that we're not focused on that. We're, like, focused on ideas more than... Like mm-hmm. things, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of dinner. Dinner would be great. I'm hungry. I am also hungry. <sighs> Titles in Every Man's Library. Jane Austen. Seven books. Wait, men ha- read Jane Austen? <laughs> <laughs> Italo Calvino. If on a winter's night a traveler. I don't know what that Miguel de Cervantes, Don Quixote. I read Ooh. book one of that. John Keats, The Poems. <laughs> the, the Poems. Let's the make, poems. Kate, let's make a movie called The Movie. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. I would love that. Or The Movies would be even the weirder. Movie. The Movies. Actually, yeah. Mm, that could be really cool. E.M. Forster, Howard's End, A Passage to India. Giorgio Vasari, Lives of the Painters, Sculptors, and Architects. That sounds potentially interesting. Lawrence Stern, Tristram Shandy. I've heard of that. Master, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, the master of Ballantrae and Weir of Hermiston. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and other stories. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah, I read that one. I've not. Edith Wharton, The Age of Innocence, The Custom of the Country, The House of Mirth, The Reef. The New Testament, King James Version. I didn't know that was published. <laughs> Wait, George Orwell, Animal Farm, 1984, Ooh, Essays. I want to read that one. Which one? Animal Farm. I've read it. Good? Yeah, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. Mm. I just know that everything goes bad for them at the end. <laughs> Not surprisingly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because communism. <laughs> Have you read 1984? No. I haven't either, but I want to read that one. Me too. I just read Brave New World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, it made me cry. A few times, actually. It's not a sad book, but it's it's sad. Hmm. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. I've heard good things about that one, but I've never read it. I've not heard of it. John Steinbeck, The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, I read that one. Oh, was it any good? Yeah. It was a little slow for me, but I was in high school. It it didn't seem to have much of a story. Hmm. That's like, sometimes it was not just, a good thing. It, it, granted, this was almost ten years ago, if not over 10 years ago but it it really felt just like like these characters and they're in the south life is sucky and awful and they leave the only thing I really remember is at the end someone's like starving to death and someone else a mother just like lost her baby and but she was still, like, lactating, as though she fed the man with her breasts, and it was weird. That is very weird. But that was the end of the book. That was, like, ninth grade. This is weird. An excerpt from the Aeneid. However, Aeneid. The Passion of the Queen, book four, line 443. To whom do you abandon me, a dying woman, guest that you are, the only name now left from that of husband? Why do I live on? Shall I until my brother Pygmalion comes to pull my walls down? 
or the Gachelin Iarbus leads me captive, if at least there were a child by you for me to care for, a little one to play in my courtyard and give me back Aeneas, in spite of all, I should not feel so utterly defeated, utterly bereft. She ended there. The man by Jove's command held fast his eyes and fought down the emotion of his heart. At length he answered, As for myself, be sure I never shall deny all you can say, your majesty, of what you mean meant to me. Never will the memory of Alyssa stale for me, while I can still remember my own life and the spirit rules my body. As to the event, a few words, do not think I meant to be deceitful and sleep away, slip away. I never held the torches of a bridegroom, never entered upon the pact of marriage. If fate permitted me to spend my days by my own lights and make the best of things according to my wishes, first of all I should look after Troy and the loved relics left me of my people. Priam's great hall should stand again, I should have restored the power of Pergamum for Trojans in defeat. But now it is a rich Italian land Apollo tells me I must make for, Italy, named by his oracles. There is my love, there is my country. I kind of fell asleep while you were reading that. I thought I did rather a good job, never mind. I thought you did a great job too, but I'm tired. (laughs) So am I. (laughs) I think it's the way you read, because you have this nice, like, um, what's the word? Rhythm? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to read an excerpt from this book. Okay. I have no context for any of this. He was an electrician, a building worker employed on a building site along with many other workers. I did not send him off to teach dialectical materialism to nuclear physicists, Much more significantly, I sent him to teach a beginner's course, and the people he taught were ordinary building workers like himself, drawn from the same building site. By day, they were so many building workers, together sharing the work and the mud and the inconveniences of life on a great building job. But at night, he was Batman. (laughs) Not actually too far from the truth. I do have context on that, actually. I know exactly what chapter that is. Wait, so what happens? I don't think I can find it again. It's okay. So, uh, do you want context? Sure. Yeah, so Dedication and Leadership by Douglas Hyde is a book about communist practices. Oh. It's, I mean, it's not like, oh, this is how the, well, it it is. It's how, it's how the communists infiltrate, essentially, and how they're effective. And how other people, namely Christians, but it could be anybody, can use their same methods and to be successful. So the story of Jim is the chapter that that, that, I, that excerpt is from. And he talks about how there was this guy, Jim, who was like, by all accounts, like a, a pathetic person who also had like a tremendous stutter. And he came up to Douglas Hyde, who, who is, was a former communist at the time. He was the editor of the Daily Worker, which was a communist newspaper in London. This was like in the 30s or 40s or something. But um, Jim came up and he said, so you said you, while stuttering, like you can teach anybody to be a leader. And Douglas Hyde is like, well, yeah. And Jim's like, I would love to be a leader. And so they taught him. Mm. And the whole story was about, or the whole chapter is about the methods of teaching and, and their, um, their formulas essentially and what they how they teach people and then they and then they they, they, like progressively making it more challenging while not making it too overwhelming and so this gym guy he became a great teacher and he taught a lot of people and he became like a leader of his union and, and stuff like that and and to quote to loosely quote dan heed from the um the the Bauer podcast episode in which they talk about this he Douglas Hyde paints it as a uh, triumph but it's actually a tragedy hmm. because Jim gave his life to communism instead of to something actually good beneficial mm. for the world but he, Jim succeeded in what he wanted mm. but just those damn commies I know anyway good book hmm. good podcast. <laughs> I recently re-listened to the entire How to Take Over the World series, and my editing at the beginning was <laughs> was not good. I turned everything up way too loud, and so it was like peeking all over the place. Well. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, you've learned. I have so, so much learned. Part. <laughs> I've learned so much. I mean. <laughs> So much I have so much learned. I have so much learned. She has so much learned, guys. I do. <laughs> you 
you never answered my question earlier. What? Oh, sorry. What do the what do other filmmakers talk about on their podcast other than like their own stuff? No, what I meant by that was they talk like they bring on other people oh. to talk about their stuff, about the other people's stuff. Mm. And people listen to that. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Cool. Yeah, cool. We should get more guests. We should. We're we're in that process. We have guests lined up, but today we're tired and hungry and don't know what to talk about, so we're just talking. Yeah. Have you seen any good movies lately? Or any movies at all? Oof. That's a good question. Um, I would normally look on Letterboxd, because Letterboxd would tell me if I've seen movies. But my phone is right there. (laughs) I guess I could look on the laptop. Or just use your memory. I'm trying to. I guess, well, we've been watching Lockwood. Oh, yeah. Uh, you saw a cool movie called Animal World. Oh, my gosh. That yeah, was t- a tell good us movie. about that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of good movies lately. But cool. Animal World is Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. But it's also half in English because this guy, his mother's in the hospital and his girlfriend works at the hospital, but he is like a clown at a entertainment park or something and he gets presented with this opportunity to get a lot of money really fast and he like he he's in medical debt for his his mom and he wants to marry his girlfriend but he doesn't have any money and so he goes and he does this this thing to get money but it's like a life or death situation and i won't say too much about it it's on netflix it is fantastic it's a few years old now so like cgi isn't quite up to par but the story and the way it's told is amazing. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, really good movie. Nice. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. I will. Yeah. Brooke tells me, w- watches things, and then she tells me, oh, you wouldn't like this. Just skip it. Oh, wait, you might not like Animal World. It's kind of violent. I'm okay with like some violence. <laughs> The other thing about this main character, who's a clown at his day job, he um, he gets these panic attacks and then, like, in his mind, turns into a psycho killer clown and starts killing things. Goodness. It's great, Kate. It's a good movie. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I'm not explaining that part very well, because it's not, like, intrinsic to the story, but, like, it... It ties in a little bit there, so it's okay. it's good. It's very it's good. I liked it. Nice. Mm-hmm. I saw just the end of it the other day when I came in. Yeah. yeah. What have I watched? Ooh. Um, I watched the the Batman movies from the eighties. The Dark Knight trilogy? No, it's not the eighties, Brooke. <laughs> I just got excited. Okay, that's the two thousands. <laughs> that's like when we were alive. <laughs> oh, Brooke. I don't know about you, but I was not alive in the 80s. I wasn't either. Okay? I was going to say, if you were, that would have been news to me. <laughs> Wait, That's 80s or 90s? To too. Shoot. I think... Who who was Batman? Michael Keaton. I couldn't remember oh. his name. I wanted to say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Which was not me. Keanu Reeves as Batman, That's though? That's not even remotely the same thing. <laughs> well, even remotely the same person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Michael Keaton's Batman movies. I think it's like 1989 and then like 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 89. The one, yeah, the second one came out the same year as Terminator 2. There were a lot it's of good movies called in 92. Batman. Yeah. That's and why the new one Batman is... Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why the new one is called The Batman, which I still haven't seen. You need to. I know. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. You have that. I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and the Dark Knight movies are also on HBO Max. Those are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. There is a Val Kilmer Batman movie from the 90s that I've never heard of before. Because at first I thought, like, oh, is this like a continuation of like the Michael Keaton Batman movies? But no. Hmm. It's like a standalone, apparently. Interesting. And I've never heard of it, so I'm guessing it's probably terrible. Hmm. What was the Batman with uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker? That was the Dark Knight ones, I think. Mm. Okay, those 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 are good. Nice Heath Ledger. Oh man, I've still only ever seen him in a Knight's Tale. Fair. 
oh what's that one rom-com he's in with 10 uh, things i hate about you yeah that's been on my list but i can't find it anywhere i don't know where to I watch will it find it for us Kate. please do i've seen like clips from it it looks really good it's really I've good never actually it's seen one it. of the best rom-coms probably really yeah oh i saw a rom-com recently you saw a rom-com i saw a movie it was notting hill i've seen at least parts of it if not most of it before but like this was like the whole the whole nice. thing i just sat down and watched it the other night what's that about it is about a lonely shy bookstore owner in london and one day a famous actress comes into his his bookstore and she buys a book and then they keep like running into each other well i don't know he so he he's there and, and his his employee is like uh shall i run and get us some coffee and he's like sure so then he's there and then then the actress comes in and like anyway it's it's just it's like it's a pretty great scene because she's there and like he's like maybe like does he recognize her does he not recognize her and then this other guy comes in and then in the cameras and then the other guy goes into like the other room and the cameras the the bookstore owner shoot what's his name so her the actress's name is anna like anna smith or something like that it wasn't smith wasn't smith anyway her name is Anne. i can't remember what his name is but he like on the cameras he sees the other guy who came in like try to steal a book like hide it in his clothes so he goes in there and he's like excuse me like you you I, I saw you slip a book down your trousers you can't do that william thacker yes played by hugh grant yeah who was also in the gentleman mm-hmm. anyways so he's like yeah you can't do that give it back and the guy's like fine and so then the guy goes back and then he sees anna and he's like can i have your autograph and she's like, sure. Oh, I forget if the guy buys the book or if he just like gives her a paper. And she's like, two. Oh, she's like, what's your name? And he's like, Bob or something like that. She's like, to Bob, you belong in jail. From Anna. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so then like she leaves. The, the the wannabe thief leaves, and then the employee comes back, and and then William's like, you'll never guess who was just in here. And the employee's like, what? Was somebody famous? And, he, and he's like, ugh, never mind. And then. Like, he heads out and goes to go, go get, like, another coffee or something. And then he... No, it was an orange juice. And then he comes around the corner and spills it all over Anna. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, my house is, like, right down the road. Do you, like, do you want to change? So, like, she comes and, like, she changes in his house. And he's oh like, what gosh. the heck is happening? Like, this is... And then he's like, it's nice to meet you. Surreal, but nice. And then she leaves and he's like, surreal, but nice? Why did I say that? That's the stupidest line I could have ever had. <laughs> so um, they, they, they run into each other more. There's romantic tension and she goes on a date with him to like his family's like annual dinner or something like that. Mm. and she, he has this, this conversation with like a brother-in-law or something who comes in and he's like talking about all this stuff scott that's her name anna scott yes, not that's smith what i just showed yeah you. I, I i was looking at what his name was yeah. not her name was so and the guy's like oh my gosh like all this stuff da, 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 and everybody else recognizes anna except him and he's like so what do you do she's like i'm an actress he's like mm, how does that how does that pay like i've heard it doesn't really pay all that well and he's <laughs> talking about all this stuff like how much did you get paid for your last gig she's like mm, three million dollars and he's like okay then like she leaves and she goes to the bathroom and then they're like dude excuse me (laughs) and he's like oh my gosh i was in a scott i feel so embarrassed (laughs) anyway that's a lot like a lot of detail and Um, then some yeah so that's like in the middle so then they end up getting married and fall in love and stuff they do and there's of course complications in Mm -hmm. between but yeah Mm -hmm. it's a rom-com yeah you know you can tell (laughs) there's a formula it checked all the boxes (laughs) oh yeah it's fun though i like it oh yeah (laughs) Uh, a well-done rom-com it's fun even though it has those tropes yeah um you know there's actually a movie i got i gotta look it up now um because i can never remember what it's called it's british but it stars a british guy and an american girl what's her name rachel mcadams um okay i know she was in like a lot of 2000s rom-coms i've seen her in the this Val. one's newer okay newer ish okay oh i guess she's canadian not american oh i didn't know that mm, about time 2013 it is so cute i've um, never heard of it uh i know N- like no one's heard of it huh. it's so good um yeah so it stars Rachel McAdams and Domin Hall Gleason. Um, oh, I've heard of him. And Bill Nighy. Nighy? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. As Dad. That's his character name. Margot Robbie's in it. Um, 
few other names that I don't immediately recognize, but are probably still famous people. But nice. anyways, it's so cute because this guy, Domin Hall Gleason's character, he can time travel by like going into a closet and jumping back to his past, like into this his past like body. sounds like everything everywhere all at once, but like not. But opposite because they can't time travel. <laughs> they can travel like across universes, but not back and forth in their own timeline, I guess. So he goes back and he discovers this like at a party or something and he has fun with it and and all that and then he meets this girl Rachel McAdams character he ends up like going to this art gallery and he waits for her for like a week because she mentioned the first time they met that she really liked this artist and he was like I know nothing else about her but there's this art gallery for this artist this week so I'm just gonna go there and wait for her and he finds her and she brought another guy because it's been like a week since they met and so he goes back in time after he finds out where those two met and he goes to like that party and he like steals her away from him <laughs> and wow. it's so cute he <laughs> he does that a few times but like it's it's a fantastic rom-com and awesome. it has like a really good like subplot with like the dad it's very good highly recommend it nice yeah i know who domhnall or whatever his Dom name Hall is Gleason, yeah is now i've seen him in the star wars sequels oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i've seen him in other things i know he was in ex machina i forget what else mm-hmm. he was in but he was in like a lot of things yeah he was in harry potter as the oldest weasley son bill oh mm-hmm. and he I'm pretty sure he's Mad-Eye Moody's son. Really? Yeah. In real life, like, the actor who plays Mad-Eye Moody. Oh, I thought you meant... <laughs> not character-wise. Um, I-, I was thinking of, what's his name? The guy that was pretending to be Mad-Eye. I was oh, like, they don't David look Tennant? anything similar. No, Brendan Gleeson. Mm, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's in the Banshees of Inishrin. Nice. We still need to see that. I know. I think it's on HBO Max. I, I think yeah. it is because I added it to my like watch, it's net, on watch HBO. list or mm-hmm. something. Cool. Oh, and Colin Farrell's in that too. Oh my gosh. Nice. That's a fantastic cast. Why have we not watched this movie? Because we're watching shows. Well, we don't need to watch and this what is, is Lockwood. <laughs> I thought you were enjoying I do. It. I am enjoying Lockwood. Me too. Good. <laughs> We're almost done with it, though, so now we can watch I know. The, the, the movie. The weird thing is, like, even over my break I had last week, it was like, what? Like, I have all the time, like, I could have watched a bunch of movies, but, like, every time I thought about watching a movie, I was like, I don't know. Like, even something that looked interesting, like, either like, oh, that's so much of a time commitment, or I, whatever it was, it just, mm-hmm. something in me just, like, did not want to watch a movie. And I kind of still feel like that. Like, a show, I guess, is less commitment. It's, like, weirdly more but less commitment at the same time. Yeah, it's, like, less... You only have to watch, like, 30 to 60 minutes of an episode. But all in all, there's usually, like, six to eight hours of Spreading out the whole story over however many days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It... No, it makes sense, because, like, you you don't really just pause a movie. I, I like this topic that we're on now, finally. Yeah. Movies. (laughs) <laughs> what a thunk. <laughs> We're becoming so generic. We're just talking about movies. Film podcast. Yeah, film podcast. I just saw The Whale. Oh, yeah? Uh, deserving of all the actors. Is that what you went this afternoon? Awards? No. Okay. I watched this a week ago. Oh, cool. Brandon Fraser. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing. I mean, he always was, but especially in this role, it he, wow, it, amazing. All the actors were amazing. Nice. Sadie Sink, who plays Max from Stranger Things, played his daughter. Oh, nice. amazing! I was trying um, to remember where I heard that name before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are a few other, like three other actors, really small cast, but amazing. It's A two four too, the the studio that did everything everywhere yeah. all at once. So now that I've been watching more of their movies, I've been noticing that they are very subtle in their like messages their themes because we, we've talked about everything everywhere all at once before and how i saw it had a really positive ending whereas you you saw it had more of a negative ending and the whale is kind of the same it has a couple of subplots you know all weaving around well they're more like character arcs 
plots. I don't know. Um, and then one one of them has like this really awesome ending. Um, and then one of a couple of them have like you don't really know their endings, but you could see it going either way. And then one of them has like a maybe positive ending, maybe negative mm. ending, and like, I don't know. I I can't really say much more without like yeah. Don't spoil it. it but, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, you should watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because, yeah, if we're not careful. This is just gonna be us talking about movies. Oh darn. <laughs> Now, I'm excited for the guests that we have lined up. I'm really excited for how those conversations are going to go. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for now, I like talking about movies. Yeah. I mean, I could just geek out about movies all day. Like, seriously. Don't get me started on Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. I won't. Uh, other movies that I've seen recently. So, within the last month, I saw a movie called 310 to Yuma. <gasps> There's an original, which is the one I watched, and then there's, like, a new one, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. the one Mario had watched. So mm-hmm. Mario's like, oh, this is a good movie. Let's watch it. It was like, and he, like, actually didn't know that the one he'd watched was a remake. Apparently, the remake is really good, too. Mm-hmm. But I watched the original. So, nice. yeah. I've not seen the original, but I think I've watched the remake. Okay. It came out a few years back. It's like, 2010 or something, uh-huh. I think. A few Maybe. years. 12 years. <laughs> well, that's a guess. I don't know for sure that's what it was. But it had somebody in it that I was familiar with, mm-hmm. but I don't remember who it was right now. Mm-hmm some guy i don't know yeah <laughs> the famous yeah. actor that i've heard the name of mm-hmm. for me to have heard the name of they had to be pretty famous yeah. <laughs> watching that movie was the first time but via mario's commentary that i heard the word riz <laughs> <laughs> was like what this is also the first time i've heard this word <laughs> it's all over the interwebs currently it's apparently if i had to guess it would be fairly recent slang hmm for like charisma and attraction and le- for, from a man specifically like interesting like if you have riz you're like sexy and like appealing and like there's like like good at talking kind of like because mm. this this one character mario's like this guy has so much riz i'm like mario he's actually kind of a creep <laughs> but it's this this one main villain character and he's like smooth talking all the ladies and stuff and he was uh, um, like this part did not age really well but like he's talking to this bartender girl and he's like and he like goes behind the bar and he's like getting close to her and he's like you're, you're kind of skinny she's like I forget what he says, but he's like, I can like a skinny girl every now and then. I was like, <laughs> like he's being so rude. And then like, why does she like him? I ask that question often. Yeah. Wait, what? I'm just thinking of Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I anyway. am excited for season two of that show, though. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure. I acknowledge that it's really not great in a yeah. lot of ways, and yet I still enjoy Ooh, it. We can talk about the ending of Wednesday, because <gasps> when we last recorded talking about Wednesday, we hadn't finished it That's yet. That's right. Um, Could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot better. Yeah. I, too, am going to watch season two. Mm-hmm. I, I really do like, in fact, I love, what's her name? Jenna... Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega. She's amazing. Um, and she does Wednesday very well, I think. However, I don't like how they've written her character. We've discussed that before. But she did have a bit of a character arc at the end, which I appreciated. Yeah, she she wasn't quite so selfish at the end, mm-hmm. which was nice. And there was that one episode where everything kind of came crashing down on mm-hmm. her because of that. Yeah, that, so that was nice. I appreciated painful that. Painful to watch. Yeah. For um, her sake, but <laughs> good. Th- there yeah. will be spoilers now for the end of it if you have still not watched it yet. I don't know if I recommend it or not. That's up to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought the the whole Tyler being the villain thing wasn't really well done because I never cared about him. I never had a reason to care about him. Like, oh my gosh, he has daddy issues. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But beyond that, like, he was very basic and boring. At least, what was the other guy's name? Xavier? Xander? I liked him a lot more. I should remember yeah. his name. Something Xavier, Xavier. I think. Um, at least he was slightly more interesting with, like, his painting hobby. He also seemed, like, actually teenagerish. Yeah. 
because the actor was like 20. Well, yeah. the other actor was like 27 or something. Well, the Tyler actor, yeah, he's like late 20s. <laughs> Oof. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I like that guy who played Xavier. He's pretty good. Yeah. Once again, I do, I do think all the issues fall back on the writing of it. I thought it was well acted. I love Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was probably my favorite part of that show. I still feel like we didn't get to know her well enough, we though. Didn't. I'm sure that was on purpose, like mystery and I, mean, I don't know. But considering that she died in the end, we should have gotten to know her more. Yeah. Like, that's what you do with characters who yeah. die. You give the audience many reasons to love them and then you kill them. That's what you do. <laughs> and if you don't do that, it's like, oh, well, I don't care about that death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say, oh, the thing that you said about Tyler was like, oh, he's a villain. Well, no wonder he's interested in Wednesday. Because it was like, why does everybody like her? Yeah. Well, that's why. He's yeah. like, he's a, a murderous monster. <laughs> that's why. He was told to like her. And like, in hindsight, like rewatching the show, that might be better. Like knowing that. But watching it for the first time, I just could not stop questioning. Like, Why? Does Tyler like her? She's awful. Yeah. She does not care about him. She has nothing interesting, like, to give to him at all. She treats him like garbage. At least with Xavier, yeah. they have, like, a little bit of back and forth because he's not such a child. <laughs> yeah. I have an idea for a future podcast episode, which I guess we could even do now. Yeah. Speed dating, but not dating. Just, like, asking Speed? each other really fa questions really fast and, like, having to answer with, like, a timer. Oh, I don't like that. I would suck at that. So? That'd be fun. I don't like fun. being bad at stuff, Brooke. You know this about me. Yeah, but it'd be fun and for funny. you. For example. Okay, wait, I need a question. <laughs> for example, she says, and then immediately her brain goes out the window. It did. <laughs> Which is bad because there's not even a window in this room. Um, there's a window. <laughs> and, like, a couple of doorways. Okay, I don't know. I was picturing this earlier in the night <laughs> as we were talking. Okay. And it, the thing is, I need, like, questions. And they don't have to specifically relate to film. But, like... Okay. What is your favorite musical? Singing in the Rain. Nice. That's a classic. Now you ask me something. What's your favorite musical? <sighs> Cliché. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm. I love that one. That's one of my favorites. I also like Sound of Music. I also like... I guess The Court Gesture is kind of a musical. Yeah. But not, like, specifically a musical. There's mm -hmm. singing in it, but there's not, like, a, as much singing as in a typical musical. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. If you had to dye your hair any color that isn't natural, what would it be? Bright red. Mm. Nice. I'm going to do that someday. Nice. And then I'm going to transition to being a ginger for a while that's gonna be fun cool if you could be any race from lord of the rings what would you be hobbit nice yeah you mm. probably elf mm. i can see you as an elf <laughs> i can also see you as a hobbit yeah it's because i'm short you're not even really that short i'm short five four is average for an american every woman. person i know is taller than me wait how tall is kyle Probably like 5'4". Almost every person is taller than me. <laughs> Trevor's not that tall either. Yeah, but he's Maybe taller slightly than taller than that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, what is what is your favorite style of front porch? Castle. <laughs> <laughs> so moat? <laughs> well, no. I don't know. I'm just picturing like stone. Mm. But I don't know if that's actually true. Wraparound porches are cool. But I've never, like, really spent a lot of time on them, so I don't know if they're as cool as they seem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would also answer with moat. But a moat that I could swim in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be The thing about a moat is if you've got, like, toddlers running around, you gotta fence it. And if you fence it, then it ceases to look like a moat and you just looks... You don't need looks... to fence it. You just need to watch your kids. You need to <laughs> fence it. <laughs> no, you tell them, don't go off this cliff. <laughs> They'll learn. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is I grew up around an unfenced pool and all of my cousins and I survived. <laughs> and if I were a child, I would climb over the fence. 
I would climb over the fence as an adult. I thought you were going to say, Kate, you could make the fence look cool. You could make it look like a castle. <laughs> I got the completely opposite answer. Favorite movie genre? Action? Wait, wait. Favorite movie genre to make? Drama. Mm. Favorite to watch? Action. Mm. Have we made dramas? I don't think we've actually... No. Palm Springs is drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the drama was kind of a dramedy. True. Of the three, it was definitely the saddest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. I know. That that <laughs> was like, oh, man. That's sad. <gasps> Nathan's fine, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Watch the movie. You'll understand. Yes. <laughs> oh. All right. Any final questions? I feel like this is wrapping up. <laughs> Which is your favorite of the stickers that are on my laptop? Favorite sticker? Favorite sticker. This is slightly unfair to the people who aren't watching. But I'll describe them all and then pick my if favorite. If they pay attention to Granin, they'll have seen my laptop in multiple things. There's a lot of good ones on here. I really like the Mac one. I really like the Firefly one. You can't take the sky from me. That's mm-hmm. a good one. The um, Jesus is King. I mean, it's hard to beat that one. Yeah. There's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. That's a good one. One day you'll be old enough to start reading fairy tales again, and it's a lamppost, like yep. from Narnia. Exactly. I just read Narnia. You did. It was fantastic. I cried a lot. I don't yeah. normally cry, for the record. <laughs> well, this has been a fun random episode. You didn't tell me what your favorite sticker was. Well, it's hard to pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Lord of the Rings one, because okay. it's true. There is good in this world, and it is worth fighting for. Yeah. On that note, fight evil. For good. Fight evil. Alrighty. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe or whatever you do on this platform. And we will see you another time. Yeah. Next time we will have a topic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) we, We better... Well, there's our topic, our guest. There we go. (laughs) All right, till next time.